Okay, are we all recording? Yes, I am recording. I'm ready. Okay, all right. Cool. Because if we weren't, it would have been bad. We would have been bad. We missed out can't, on this. Can't do a podcast without the audio files. <laughs> Listen, this, this episode is just all impressions to white noise. Ho, ho. <laughs> Isn't that, I mean, wouldn't that be someone screaming for a manager at like a retail store? Oh, white yeah. noise? No, someone explaining the plot of a zombie movie. I mean, that's not. I mean, I feel like someone. Trust me, guys. I feel like someone complaining at a uh, at at a big box store yelling for the manager is more white noise than someone talking about a zombie movie. I don't know. People will pull out their phones to record people complaining at a big box store. People won't pull out their phones to. Well, it turns out the real enemies weren't the zombies, but the humans the whole time. Spoilers for The Last of Us. <laughs> And The Walking Dead, and most other zombies. Zombieland. Zombie, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking at a picture of pulled pork stacked in an ice cream cone, and I really want it. Ow. Ow. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I seriously want this. <laughs> seriously. Oh, God. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is our cold open. Let's talk about movies. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. <laughs> and I'm Devin. And thank you for joining us here on Twitch. Uh, we had some live stream technical difficulties that were out beyond our control, so I'll have to upload this to YouTube later. Uh, but today we are talking about the uh, 90s film Goodwill Hunting, the story of Malcolm Moore and his journey to becoming a rap superstar. Because he Goodwill Hunt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, the the, uh, the yeah. film starring Matt Damon, Robin Williams, and Ben Affleck, written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, but before we start the show, there's been a lot of trailers dropping in the last 24 hours. I'm guessing because of the Mario movie being released tomorrow and how big of a hit that's about to be. Are you guys going to go see it? Yes. 100% yes. Uh, no. <laughs> no? No. No. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm in theaters. No, I, this is not, I mean, look, it looks good. I just, because of all of the noise around this movie coming out, as soon as I saw that I was going to see the trailer on my Facebook feed, like I turned up the volume and I like I held it kind of close to my head and I'm like, can I hear Chris Pratt in this? Can I hear it? And it didn't sound like him, but I was still disappointed. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, before before we get into some reactions to some trailers, uh, we have a question in the chat already. Um, 21X4 uh, asks, how do we feel about the Harry Potter reboot? Have you guys heard about this? I was just no, reading an article about on it. it. Deadline's I reporting. I didn't finish it. Yeah. There are rumors that uh, HBO Max is looking to do a Harry Potter series with J.K. Rowling producing. And from what I heard, it's going to be, if it move forward, one book per season. Of, like, what, of the Harry Potter yes. series? Did we all forget about the Harry Potter series? Did we forget that okay. most of them is just them attending classes he, with a magical he, thing happening at the here's end? Here's what I'm going to say. There are 
two topics to this whole conversation. The one conversation mm-hmm. I'm going to have here is that I read the books and I've always wanted a like spirited away type animation style done mm-hmm. per Batum to the books storyline. Because okay. there's a lot in the books. There's a lot of plot lines. There's a lot of character development. There's a lot of characters that are not in any of the movies or even mentioned in the movies. That would be great for a series. Peeves. Peeves. It's just, it's just peeves. peeves. You can just say it's Peeves. Huh? Pe- you can just say it's Peeves. What's Peeves? Oh, no. The best Harry Potter character. He's a poltergeist at Hans Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh, like, okay, so you're talking about what? One character that shows up how many times? Like, I, I, I read the in, book. Excuse you. He's in every book, isn't he? He's the most integral character to the plot. Nothing happens without Peeves. Yeah. He, n- That's no, a lie. He nothing. He, he's just a nuisance. Okay, uh, fine. Yeah. Thank God, because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I read through all these books. I just said this on, like, an open-air mic. He's, Be like, yeah. oh, yes, no, this would be great. And you're like, well, with, with this one character that's in, you know, to the plot. I'm like, great, I haven't read these books in seven years. Did I miss something? No. I hate both of you right now. Uh, it's all, uh, you're it's only going to get weird. worse, trust me. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, uh. if they went the animated route, I'd be more in support of it. I feel like it's too fresh off of like technically if you're going with the fantastic B series, we're still getting Harry Potter movies. Like that franchise hasn't actually died yet. Um, and I think with Hogwarts legacy, I think you can take things from the, like the designs from the movies and still kind of keep that in a new series, but I would much rather see it animated because the trick, the tricky thing is like with those Harry Potter movies, like you have these characters who age quickly because they all go through puberty. Um, so I think animation is probably your best bet. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll be chat. I think that it's just, it's kind of too soon for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we, I mean, the Harry Potter movies still hold up. I just watched some of them, not all of them, but they still hold up. The effects are still good. The plot lines are still fine. Sure. They cut a lot. Like, I don't think they do Lupin any justice in the movie. No. I think that, like, some characters just kind of unceremoniously disappear or, like, written off off screen. And that isn't great. And I feel like a long series would give breathing room to fill in some of those little gaps that even the books didn't fill in. But, like, I don't know that I want it. Yeah. Is that weird? No. I mean, it's it it's completely personal preference because I wanted, like, an an animated series um, as soon as I was done reading the book seven years ago. So to me, it's not that soon because it's going to be completely different than what the movies are. Well, I think that's why we want the animation because that's so different. Yeah. Like that's not like a one-to-one retelling of the movie. And then, you know, they just got different little kids. It's also easier to do them. It's also easier to do the, the, the magic and the spells. And like the grandiose of Hogwarts would be easier done animation wise than it would be like, you know, live action slash CGI. I I mean, but it's also Warner Brothers Discovery. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did it in the style of Rick and Morty. So (laughs) under that, that, that would be that. Oh, oh, hey, Harry. Hey, we're going to go on some magical adventure today, Harry. No, Harry is Morty. Dumbledore is Rick. Oh, Harry's Morty. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> and and then Snape is Jerry. Like <laughs> Perfect. Um, love it. Yeah. 
no notes. Uh, yeah, so that's our thoughts on uh, the Harry Potter potential reboot. Um, Thanks for bringing yeah. it up. I didn't know. Uh, so there's a lot of trailers that dropped. Uh, Ryan, have you seen any of the new trailers that dropped recently? Like in the last no. 24 hours? Okay. No. <laughs> Devin, I'm pretty sure you and I saw a big one. So I'm going to pull the poster up here in three. Let's say, let's say it together. Three, two, one. The Barbie movie. Guardians of the... Oh. No. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah. So I watched Have the fun. Barbie movie trailer. Yeah. I did too. I yeah. actually watched this one. I am very like I keep making jokes at work about. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to see the Barbie movie the same day I go to see Oppenheimer because, as far as I know, they still haven't. Neither one of them have budged on their release date, and they're still coming out the same day. Wow. Um. And I say I joke, but I'm seriously going to do that. I am going to see I'm, it's the, the weirdest double bill that I ever see in my life. Um, I, this seems like it's a going to be a fun comedy for adults and kids. Mm-hmm. It looks, I mean, for everything I've seen from the trailer, it looks fun. I've also seen their Instagram posts where like, this person's Ken, this person's Ken, this person's yeah. Ken. Michael Sarah is Alan. Wait, is it? Is it I and was like, going to say, is his name really Alan? I think oh, it is. God. I think it's actually Alan. Uh, like, he's the, and it's like he's the only one. There's um, only one Alan. The, the trailer, the trailer that they just released, opens with an Aqua reference, which I appreciate because like, hey, Barbie, hey, Ken, like, <laughs> uh, that's um. So yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, but Devin, you also did watch the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, right? I did, yeah. I did not. I I'm in lockdown for this movie. Oh. Uh, the fact that I saw the track list for the soundtrack, I I'm not. We're a month out. I don't need to know that yet. I'll listen to that the week. That's at, my fault. I sent you that. I saw it before you sent it. Um, oh okay. But I'm excited for volume three. Like I got to complete the collection on vinyl. So. Oh, that's so um, cool. I can't wait for this movie. I I'm so excited. I haven't been excited for a movie like this in a while. I, I think this is the one instance of crossover like i i told you guys at the beginning of the year i don't think we'll be doing a lot of marvel stuff that that's mm-hmm. new i think this is going to be the exception so maybe we'll have to do a crossover with brilliant but lazy for this one that would be fun um yeah ryan what do you think about this i saw you with a with a with a little smirk on your face i'm watching what i think is the barbie movie trailer on mute right now that's what that face and, is. And um, Devin, you have to thank me for having you watch yeah. Space Odyssey 2001 for you to fully oh, you, appreciate. Yes. That's not the truth. You watched that the old yeah, one. That's oh, that's the, that's the, the old, old one? one? Yeah. There's a new one that also, actually shows clips of the movie. Oh. That one's also a fantastic trailer. Mm-hmm. Though, okay. Ryan. It is what sold me on this okay, movie. Okay, so one, no, it's going to take a lot more than that to sell me on this movie to see it. Um, in theaters, anyway. But my thing is that, like, I totally understand. I get why people want to see this for the humor aspect and, like, the topic of, like, the ridiculousness of making a Barbie movie. Okay, I get it. And I'm saying this without seeing the new trailer. So, you know, yeah. there's that. But um, this is one of those things where someone who is, who is like, I'll take an example, someone who was disinterested completely in the Ninja Turtles as a kid. Okay, growing up my mm-hmm. age. Just, like, didn't care for them, whatever. And then they see, oh, they're making a Ninja Turtle movie. Okay. And then that they just go on with their day. Like, not interested. No, nothing negative. Just, bleh. That's how I am with this Barbie movie. Just 
big <laughs> at the moment. Um, it's fair. Uh, but the Gardens of the Galaxy, everything I've seen from that, I mean, it's funny. What from what I've seen? Would from you that. Would you watch it like to do on the podcast with us? I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, that's all I need to know. <laughs> All right, um, and then the last trailer. I don't know if we. I did watch another trailer, and I have a, there. There are two versions of this trailer, and I'm going to recommend a, a, a different one. Um, there's a new Spider-Man into the uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse trailer out. Um, oh. there is an international version that has a much more meaningful opening to the movie, and by that I mean they have voiceovers of tom holland andrew garfield and toby mcguire uh what yeah uh and it's like shows their spider suits and it's like a quote from spider-man 2 and like each of them has like a moment and it it sticks with the theme that the movie seems to be going with with uh choice and Hmm. i like i showed my wife the the trailer that we we have that just popped up first and i was like I need to show her the international one because that's the one I saw before. And she's like, that's a much better trailer because the first, the other one shows a lot of like, what's miles been up to since he became Spider-Man and here are his parents and here's how he's doing in school. But this one's just like, Hey, Spider-Man being, being Spider-Man has consequences. So if you haven't figured that out in the last 21 (laughs) years, uh, now, you know, spider being Spider-Man has consequences. Um, wow. Yeah. So highly recommend the international trailer. When I saw it on YouTube, it was like uh, Sony India had it on their on their YouTube page. So okay, sounds incredible. When does that movie come out? Uh, June. So we're cl- getting close. I say not so, soon enough for me. I mean, you'll be in town in June. <gasps> I will be in town in June. Oh man! Okay, yeah. great. That made me excited. Uh, so now, now what you have to do is you have to get a spider suit so we can, so we can go. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Nobody wants you can, that. You can do Peter B. Parker and just do sweatpants. I might do okay. that. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. That's all I've got trailer news wise. Uh, now is the part of the show where we talk about things that we've watched over the last week and talk about them on the show. I haven't watched anything except for goodwill hunting. Um, Ryan, you said you didn't watch anything, right? No, I mean, okay. yeah, nothing for the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been watching like Ted Lasso and stuff, but I don't need to bring that up every week, uh, even though it's fantastic. Uh, it, it's still going well. Oh yeah. Um, Good, okay. But Devin, you went to see a show. I did. I'm very excited to talk to you about this. Tell us what you. Oh yeah, tell us what you saw. I saw Great British Bake Off. The musical. Guys, I got to be honest with you. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready at all for this musical. I had a literal bingo card in my mind <laughs> of what I thought I would see in this musical. Yeah. I got some of them. I wasn't prepared for some of the things that I got. The opening song is sung by a choir and talks about the discovery of baking it then goes into like a cold open from the show. There's a sexual innuendo filled song about shaking Paul's long stubby hands. Is that what the handshake song is? 
That's what the handshake song is. It's a sexual innuendo laden ballad. <laughs> Phenomenal. There's a boxing match between a scone and a scone. Nice. It's every every bit of it was perfect. Now, it wasn't the best musical I've ever seen. Like, I don't think it's going to win any Oscar or any what are they? They're Oliver Awards over here. I don't think it's going to win any Oliver Awards. But man, that was the most fun I think I've ever had in a musical. Especially if you like know the show and know some of its little things. It's just so fun, and the cast was so into it. Uh, Ryan, have you watched Great British Bake Off or Baking Show? I don't watch baking shows, period. Okay. Mm. My wife got me into whatever it's called over here, Baking Show. It's Baking Show yeah. because Pillsbury uh, has the rights to Bake Off. Which is dumb. Uh, yeah. It's it's the only reality show I watch um, because it's the best like I get invest, <laughs> I get invested. Like I follow people from the first season I watched on Instagram. Like, what are they baking now? Like, I want to know. Like, uh, go Giuseppe. Go, I mean, go Giuseppe. Um, <laughs> he's amazing. Listen, the show is basically like: Do you want to watch eight Brits die inside for an hour and try their best to hide it and appear normal? That is the whole show, and it's amazing. And then you get Mexican week jokes and it's like, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. They do make fun of that. Oh, they do. Good. Yeah. About how they have their themed weeks. Nice. Um, uh, it's everything you want. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm hoping that that comes stateside so we can watch it. I really, and I really hope they change the name to great British baking show. The musical. <laughs> I mean, if they do, they're going to have to make some tongue in cheek joke about it. Yeah. They always do that. Oh my gosh! No, it was it was good. I love musicals, and I would highly recommend it to the both of you, Ryan. If you ever get the chance, you should still see it because I think it's funny enough on its own. But I don't know. It it, it sounds like it's good, like self pointing parody. Mm-hmm. And to me, if I ever see it, it's just going to be a stand-in for all of the baking shows I've ever seen, like a half of at some point. So yeah, it'll yeah, be fun. I mean, that's about right. Yeah. All right. Um, and then, Devin, you, you have some explaining to do as well. I didn't know that we were going to bring this up. All right. I so I watched it. something. Yeah. Listen, I watched something else this week. And I got to be honest, you both recommend a lot of really great shows to me to watch almost all the time. Ryan sent me probably at least what turned out to be two pages about why I need to watch uh, Deep Space Nine. And, like, some real compelling reasons why I need to watch Deep Space Nine. And, Alan, you've recommended great award-winning TV shows to me. But instead of doing any of that, I chose to spend my week watching uh, Love is Blind, season four. I have to be honest. I am so bought into this show. (laughs) I am with it the whole time. Listen. I don't know if you guys know the premise of, of Love is Blind. It's not a reality show, okay? It is an experiment. And they will let you know that it is an experiment in every episode. They're not allowed to call it a game. They're not allowed to call it a show. The whole time, every cast, every person on the show, oh, the experiment, oh, the experiment. But the experiment is, guys, is love really blind? A- so they get, they get 10 conventionally attractive men and 10 conventionally attractive women and then they put them behind screens so they can't see each other. 
and they have to chat at each other for two weeks straight until they are ready to propose to the person sight unseen. And then after that, these two conventionally attractive people spend the rest of the season realizing that they hate each other. <laughs> it's phenomenal. They're awful. Every person's a garbage person. Every match is terrible. I love it. It's Have either of you nope. seen this at all? First, no, and... Devin, you're falling for a gimmick. I just, I really want you to... Of course I am. Okay, go. Of course I am. Okay, because they tried to do the same thing uh, back in the late... Because they tried to do the same thing in the... Back in the late 90s or early millennium with a show called Ugly Duckling. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. No. Where people... uh, People would submit... Okay, so everyone, this is horrible. Just want to put this out there. Um, And this was a real show. Um... People would submit family members, friends, themselves, uh, to get plastic surgery, uh, to fix problems they thought that they had for, like, insecurities. And then it would be like, this is what they, like, before, and this is what this, you know, and this is what the surgeon recommends, and this is that. Now, occasionally, they did have people on that had, like, that they were in, like, car accidents and they were disfigured or people that had medical conditions and, uh, and, and like, didn't have the medical coverage to get it, you know, corrected. Those were, you know, fine. Those I had no problems with. It was the occasional, like, my friend Bob hasn't gotten a date in 10 years. <laughs> I'm, I'm speechless, Ryan. But listen, the thing with Love is Blind is that, like, at no point in time is there, like, Okay, here's your reveal of your fiance, and then Devin comes walking down like, hey, 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 guess who you picked? Like it's always like some guy named Mitch who's relatively well off as a lawyer and is very fit. Like it's always that, and that's what like disappoints me a little bit. Like throw in one or two like like complete wild cards that like have really great voices, but like my face. The problem that I have with this entire thing is that you are choosing to watch a genre of TV that has ruined TV for the past 30 years. Oh, yeah. And and not only watch it, I talk about it. Like, this is my water cooler moment at work. I tell anyone about this show. It, I want to make a joke, but I'm going to hold back. Uh, remind me after the show. <laughs> um, You're too kind. No. Um <laughs> yeah, I. The only I I can't even remember the last dating show I watched. Like if I'm watching if I'm watching reality shows, was it's it, usually a cooking show. Was it Eliminate on MTV where they lined up in a bus? No, but I remember that. Thank you for reminding me that that existed. We always need to remember uh, date. It was an important cultural milestone. Mine, I don't, it wasn't really a dating dating show. Mine was like the Cupid show that MTV had in like the late 90s before oh, the yeah. bus. And then the very, mm-hmm. very last one I ever like stopped. That The very last dating show that I was like, oh, cool, this is on. I'll watch this episode. Was the one where they would send people into each other's bedrooms to like dissect the person's like personality and stuff with like the black light on the bed (laughs) hate hate it hate everything zero out of ten um thanks yeah no not for me yeah uh let's get into today's main topic the uh what year was it 1997 film goodwill hunting starring 
Matt Damon, Robin Williams, and Ben Affleck, and Minnie Driver. Um, this is a film that I have seen multiple times, mostly because it keeps playing on Showtime when I'm scrolling through it. Uh, and I'm like, okay, and I'm like cool. I'll watch Goodwill Hunting. Um, but this is a film that I saw not like not in the nineties. I think I saw this film either in college or right after college and watched it and enjoyed it. Um, for like, I enjoy the performances. I enjoy, uh, knowing that Ben, like, I think what got me to watch Goodwill hunting was knowing that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wrote it. Um, because mm-hmm. after Argo and a bunch of the other Ben Affleck stuff, it's like I should watch Goodwill Hunting because this is the first thing they did, and this was like what ten years ago, at that point, fifteen years ago. It's crazy. Um, so I watched it for that, and I really enjoyed it. And, it, and then we'll talk a bit more about when I revisited the movie, um, in a bit, but. Had you guys seen Goodwill Hunting? Had you heard of it? What did you know about it? Uh, Ryan, I think you said you had seen it before, correct? Ooh, like when I was 15, 16 years okay. old. And I had only remembered maybe like the smallest bit about okay. it. Okay. Devin, how about you? So I hadn't seen this movie at all. Uh, and the only impression I had of it was I asked my cousin one time if I should watch this movie. And he goes... Look, it's about a janitor that solves math problems. Does that sound interesting to you? No, <laughs> don't watch it. And I went, all right, great. When when you boil it down to just that, yeah, it doesn't sound good. No. Um, <laughs> it, like, plot-wise, there's not much going on here, but it's a very interesting character study. Because um, mm-hmm. you get snippets of Will Hunting's background and personality and how he got to the point where he's at. Um, and I think Matt Damon gives a great performance in here. Um, but I'm curious, Devin, since this is the first time you saw this, what did you think of Goodwill hunting? Oh, this is so weird. Okay. This movie's broken up in okay. scenes for me, right? I think there's some absolutely amazing scenes in this movie that are like some of the best scenes probably in cinema. I also think there are scenes in here that are worse than anything that's out there and has been <laughs> okay. out there. And the scenes, the movie kind of front loads itself with the scenes I think are terrible and then like sprinkles them in throughout, but it gets better as it goes on. And particularly because about maybe a third of the way through, I turned to Romanics, we watch it together. I'm like, am I supposed to like anyone in this movie? And then like towards the end, it kind of goes, well, you weren't really supposed to like anyone. And and I get that it did that. But overall, very positive impression of the movie. I'll get into all my complaints later. But I, I, I overall think it was a good movie and understand why it gets the okay. game it does. Ryan, what did you think? Um, from what I – the only stuff that I remembered prior to watching it uh, today, actually, um, was that uh, they, uh, they pulled the apples joke – uh, the Futurama pulled the apples joke for the Mars University episode. Yeah. Um, so I, I remembered that part, and I remembered some of the stuff with uh, with Robin Williams. But and like as, as I started the movie, I was thinking to myself, why don't I remember a lot from this movie? And I watched it, and I could, and I I know why. I don't not like it, but I think <laughs> I'm on Devin, where it's like. 
there are scenes where I was like, oh my god. And then there's other scenes where I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, and it got better as it went along. But at the same time, it's... I, I The older I get, the more entertainment I want, I guess. And it it's a very, very, very good character mm-hmm. study. I can understand why oh, it got all of the recognition true. it has. And it's well-deserved. I'm going to assume yeah. that the bits that you guys found lacking and not as enjoyable that are at the front are with his friends with Ben Affleck. And listen, every time Casey's at Casey Affleck's on screen, the movie takes a sharp nosedive. Actually, I liked him and his friends. No, you I like Ben. Yeah. Because that reminded about me of my friends in high school. I, 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 I <laughs> Casey Affleck should not be in this movie. That's nepotism. Um, <laughs> I like, so what I like about, what the film does with his group of friends that he hangs around with is it shows you what his potential could be, like what he's capable, what, what Will Hunting is capable of doing, but what he surrounds himself Mm -hmm. with. Like you have this kid with this Mm -hmm. huge, like genius mind and he's sitting around telling dick jokes with his buddies at Duncan. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, I think that's what their purpose is. Like, you're supposed to be like, the, these guys, like, why are we here? Like, we shouldn't be here. I think the film does a good job of that. Yes. Yes, it does. It, it, I can completely agree with that. I think that, I, I guess that must be me not just not liking and connecting with the humor that they mm-hmm. told. I think the perfect example of it is about, uh, like, way too late in the movie, they're like, they do this like bit or this scene where they're in like Ben Affleck's mom's house mm-hmm. and like Casey Affleck goes up into the room and they're like, why are you in the room? What are you doing to my mom's room? Don't be in my mom's room. And I'm like, am I supposed to laugh? Here? I guess it's a Ryan moment where I guess I'm like, that is a joke. I think I'm supposed to laugh. None of that's connecting. I think I had a Ryan moment. There. That, okay. That scene, it doesn't serve any purpose for me either. That's, I, yeah, I, I look at that scene and it's like, okay, we have to be too, like, we have to make our runtime for theatrical, but we also have to have a scene in there to, to cut for TNT. That's what that scene is. There you go. Um, <laughs> but, and I think the film does a good job of showing there are four different groups of people who have different relationships with Will. So you have his buddies. We've talked about them. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his connection with Ben Affleck later because um, I don't want to deep dive into that yet. But then you have this professor. Yes. You have Stellan Starsgard who finds this janitor who solved this math problem uh, and bails him out of jail. I always forget that that's, a, that's the, the start of the story because I always pick it up like an hour in when Robin Williams is telling the baseball story. Um but he bails him out of jail and tries to help him on the right path and get him these job offers and help because he had like Will Hunting has issues and he needs counseling. And the judge sees that and the Stellan Stars guard is like, yes, I will help him and like gets all the psychiatrists. But they show Will like being hesitant to get into that. But I don't think that Stellan Stars guards purpose behind all of that is the best thing for will because it's really not 
And it, I think that's why he pushes back so much. What did you guys think of the, the therapy montage with all the different therapists? Hmm. Oh, okay. I, I, this is a trope that happened in the late nineties, early two thousands where in, in, I don't know why I latched onto this trope so much, but now I'm so burnt out on it is the whole, Oh, He's too smart for therapy. He knows all of the tricks they're going to use, and he'll throw them right back at the therapist. Look at how smart he is. He's too smart for therapy. And, like, ugh, I, I, I'm so over it. And I get that, like, for the time, that's cool, and that that's what we were all collectively into, but did, I hate did it. Did this start that trend? I don't know if this started that trend, but, like, like I've read books where there were, like, yeah, I went to therapy. I knew more than the therapist did. And by the end of it, I was psychoanalyzing them. And like, oh my gosh, stop it. Like, yeah, this might okay. have started it. Yeah, because I was about to ask, how how many pieces of media have you seen this in? Because a lot. I don't think I can even name another one that I've seen a specific Ooh. montage of someone like, I, I wouldn't really want to say outsmarting the therapist, just annoying them, like throwing the tactics back at them. There was a um, a book series I loved the kid called Artemis Fowl. That's a regrettable Disney Plus movie now. And that's <laughs> the first time I've ever seen that used before and thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So I like paid attention for it. Now, that. Devin, you have a background in psychology, right? I do. That that might be... For those that don't know, I used to be a research psychologist. Um, I wonder if that's why you see it more than than we do. Yeah. It could be because it was, I mean, it, I grew up in this, like, in this thing where people hated psychology and, like, went to study psychology surrounded by people that went, well, you know what you're not doing is real, right? You know, it's not a, it's a soft science. And you know that, that so I got extra sensitive to people, like, being weird about psychology. Well, you know, Devin. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's have well, that conversation. I, well, like, to, to Ryan's point, though, this movie has been parodied in Futurama. I know um, you're talking about the, the psychiatry part of it. There was a whole episode where it's just Stewie, like do giving the, a psychiatrist, the runaround played by Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah. So this movie was a bit big in pop culture. So that, that would explain mm-hmm. it. So um, I can see this starting it. I really can. And you know what? The montage was fun. Like, it was funny. I think that for the time I would have liked it a lot more, but it was fun. I just am weird about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, then you get the psychiatrist that doesn't give up. You get Robin Williams in the film. Um, now, Robin Williams is one of those actors who is known mostly for comedy, but he was also a dramatic actor. Went to Juilliard. Um, with Christopher Reeve. Uh, what did you guys think of Robin Williams' performance <laughs> in this? Because Ryan, I think, I think it's fair to say you don't have you don't have the best history with comedians doing drama. No, I do not. But he's Robin Williams is better at it than any of the other ones that I've had to either the unfortunate pleasure of seeing, seeing or dealing with. Um, but. And I think it's because he went to Juilliard. He's classically trained. So for him, like he has a natural act for comedy, 
But at the same time, too, he also knows what he's doing when it comes to acting, just in general. Um, so it made it a little bit easier to, to swallow. Besides, I mean, I've seen Bicentennial Man a few times, and that's mm-hmm. a very serious role compared to, you know, like, uh, you know, being an alien that comes out of an egg. So, I mean, I can't remember the name of the show right now. But anyway. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Morgan Mindy? Yeah. Is it Mork and Mindy? Mork and Mindy, Nenu, thank Nenu. you. Ah. Nenu, Nenu. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, I mean, I definitely liked his uh, performance on this. Like, I have everything else I've seen him in. Okay. Devin, how about you? I mean, look, he's no, he's no Dane Cook in Good Luck Chuck, but he's trying his best. No, I, I love I love Robin Williams. I love him in all of his iterations. Serious, not serious. That creepy guy in One Hour Photo. I will take all of my Robin Williams, please. His scenes were the best of the movie. If I could cut this movie down to only his scenes, I have my movie. Like, I get why this movie is good. Yeah, you... This is one of those movies that when he passed away mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago now... Um, yeah. Like it's nine years since he's been gone. It's weird. This is one of those movies that there's a possibility I hadn't seen this up until he died, but I know I know we watched this immediately as a tribute, um, because he elevates their script. Like he, there are moments in this that he improvises that just bring it, like bring it up a level. Um, like the whole the whole improvised? the whole uh, speech about his wife farting farting in her sleep was improvised. Oh, like that was just a story about his wife. Um, yeah. Um, and then there's another moment that I'll say for later that he improvises, but yeah, he really elevates the script. And I think he like not being able to take, he does a really good job of bouncing everything back at will. And I, I think it could be easy in that position to, have a performer who doesn't mat like doesn't get to the level he needs to be. Yeah. <coughs> and not that he's not that he's elevated in this, but he stands his ground and he's very firm and s- subtle about it. Like you could have Robin Williams where he's just like um yelling about it, but he's not. He's very calm. Like four o'clock on Tuesday. Have have the kid mm-hmm. here. Like it's very down to earth. Um this is what won him his Oscar. Um so for good reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else we want to talk about with Robin Williams? So I, I had a question for Ryan, actually, and this is just a more of a silly question. But the second I heard this story, I thought immediately of you, Ryan. So, Ryan, it's game six of the Cardinals. You have a ticket to go. And your potential future wife is in a bar. Do you have to go? be with a woman or do you go to game six and this doesn't have to be anyone in particular this doesn't have to be your actual wife just like if you were put in robin williams shoes i'm 18 years old yeah. i'm in philly the phillies and cardinals are playing before the national league championship yeah, series exactly. to go to the world series you know do i stay at the bar across the street or do i actually go and go into exactly Citizens bank park yeah um It would have to be a one out of a seven billion person. Well, Ryan, I actually have your wife right here. 
to talk about it. No, it's okay. I know for a fact she's like five feet away. So I mean. <laughs> she's not in the UK with me. No. How <laughs> how freaky I, would it be that. though? If she showed up on his camera. Like that would have been. She's just like right here. Um, that scene in particular, like just the energy he has telling that yeah. story and how Matt Damon matches it. Like it's, he gets so into it. And then he's like, wasn't there. Yeah. And it, it, it's <laughs> that like, you can tell that like his comedic timing still comes out in this, but he uses it for drama and it's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and there's such a great scene too, because it, like this movie is great to look at for screenplay structure. Like how does the film open? It opens with Ben Affleck going up to the door to get Will. Mm-hmm. How does it end with Ben Affleck going up to the door to get Will and he's not there? Like mm-hmm. the screenplay structure of this is perfect. Like they were reading screenplay uh, textbooks and just nailed it. Um, but that moment in particular is, is so important to the story because the note he leaves him at the end, I had to go see about a girl. Like mm-hmm. that's how the movie, that's how the screenplay ends. Like I've got it right here. That's how the screenplay ends. <laughs> um, but uh, I want to re- I want to read the last scene to you guys because yeah. um, um, exterior Sean's apartment. Sean opens the card. Will left for him. It reads. Sean, if the presser calls about the job, just tell him, sorry, I had to see go see about the girl. Um, and that's the last line of dialogue. The other thing Robin Williams added was, son of a bitch, stole my line. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a great way to like sum up their relationship. Like he's mm-hmm. you can tell that he's proud of him in that moment, that he he's glad that he's doing what he wants to do and that he's going for the girl. Um, uh, yeah, it's such a good character arc for Matt. Damon. I mean, Matt Damon goes through a lot of changes and I love that the interaction with him and with, uh, with Robin Williams, like shows you why he was like the way he was earlier in the movie. When I was like, I don't think I like him very much. He was like, okay, I get it. I don't like him very much because he was doing this and he has a real reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the you also explore a lot of his backstory through his girlfriend, through um, Skyler, like mm-hmm. the way she gets to know him slowly throughout the movie, and how he slowly brings her into his life. Like he's hesitant at first, but he brings her in to talk, like to meet his friends, and then like gets caught in some lies about his brothers and all of that. But he really opens up to her because she finds him interesting uh from from that encounter in the bar the encounter in the bar did that seem familiar to you guys at all because you've seen that before in another movie we have hunting season yes hunting season yeah yeah (laughs) from from jay and silent bob strike back yeah oh i don't know about this one will (laughs) (laughs) i love it um i don't that, that scene was fun. That scene was a lot of fun. And that scene is one of the earlier things that endeared me to to to, ben, or to Matt Damon's character. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I don't like pseudo-intellectuals either. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we go on, Devin, it's not your fault. Listen, 
Listen, two things about that. First off, I've been it, doing that to Romana occasionally. It's not, it's not your fault. Second off, if I was in a real therapy session, would have made me ball. That scene itself almost made me cry. Yeah. It was a good freaking scene. Just doing it right here is trying to like, make me it's, tear it's, up a bit. Star, yeah. Isn't it? I yeah. feel like everyone yeah. needs to hear that at some point in their life. Ryan, do you not? I, again, I like the performances. I can understand why this movie has its accolades and it deserves it well. There wasn't anyone falling out of buildings or shooting guns. I'm sorry I was bored. I can't. <laughs> I mean, they're throwing bricks out of a building. They're throwing cinder blocks Ah, down. they're cleaning up a construction site. <laughs> cleaning up. Um... I want nope. you to know where I'm at with my entertainment, Ryan. I immediately went into this to playing a game called Power Washing Simulator. That's where you simulate that's power washing things. I don't need guns to be entertained. So yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm also part. I'm also part part partly joking. That was yeah. probably my favorite scene of Robin Williams. Probably like top five ever of like the different wow. movies he's done because he was able to not just re- repeat the line, but it was also um, his body language. He was all uh, he he was he was able to uh, like he was able to he, he was able to read the line, not just vocally, but also with his body language and also being able to like confront will and walking towards him and getting closer and closer and closer almost like each time he said it it was also symbolizing the fact that he was that like will was getting closer and closer and closer to making that breakthrough finally mm-hmm. so so i mean so i mean you've got that going uh um is at the same time it's just i i i think it's because this is the first i mean devin i know that i'm in the same shoes that you are like, mm-hmm. because I saw when I was younger, I didn't remember any of this part of it. Sure. Um, so it's fresh in my memory at this point. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I saw it as just like a great performance and didn't really have an emotional reaction to it. Okay. So. That, that's totally fair. I think it's because, yeah. like, during that scene, I was like, I wish someone could tell me that. Like, I, like, had a weirdly personal connection to it. Oh, De- when it Devin. comes to. <laughs> Sorry. It's not, it's not your fault. This might show a little bit too much of how I am today, but there is absolutely nothing that happened to me as a kid that I take any blame for. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get real for a minute. Um, I talked about this a bit at the uh, panel I did with uh, Victims and Villains at uh, Richmond Galaxy Con. Um, What in 2018 when i lost my job like i <clears throat> was laid off my whole department was laid off and i was like why <coughs> like i it took me a it took me almost a year to to get bounced back and find a job in my field wow. and that's like one of those times where it's like what did what could i have done differently like, what can i like why did this happen to me and that's one of those moments like looking back at it it that's not my fault like mm-hmm. I was working at a newspaper like in 2018. Of course I was going to get laid off. Like that's, that's how it happens. Like Mm -hmm. it, like, like like Ryan said, there's nothing in my childhood that, that was traumatic to me like that. But there are things that happen to us that we think are, we are responsible for, but at the end of the day, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. Devin, 
it's not your fault. Mm. I, I need that. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's, I don't know. It, it's such a, it's such a powerful and like relatable scene. Like there are times when, like I knew Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote this, like going into it. And I thought that was very cool. There are times when I was like, oh, they're real bad at writing. And then there are times <laughs> when I'm like, wow, they're really good. And it's stuff like this. And I was like, that's such a good scene and so powerful. And like it, it almost blows my mind that like a scene like this can be told in the same movie as the mom's VCR scene or as like the mini driver's joke. Well, can I counterpoint talking about possibly the best scene in the movie with what I thought the worst one was? Sure. Love it. The street fight scene is the absolutely worst thing I've ever seen in cinema. <laughs> Hold on. I that I don't know. It went in one ear and out the other, or I and out the other. Like what do you not like about it? Uh, the <laughs> really bad slow. It's a great time for Ryan to freeze. It is it literally was, you know, the, it's a good slow mo. I am, I am going in and out. Okay, here there we go. go. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> it is the absolute, it is the flat out, the worst fight scene I've ever seen in any movie. The street fight scene. Okay. The slow mo punches. The contorting faces, it was just, I understand that it was like their first movie, they wrote it, they, you know, they're rookies at this and everything else, but it was just one of those things where it was, it's just, it was just bad. <laughs> so, remind me where this falls in the, the slow-mo movie timeline. Is this post-Matrix? This, this is, is pre, pre-Matrix. Pre. So, this, okay, so, I... I think the slow-mo in this movie was quite good bef- as a movie before The Matrix. No, no, no. I've no? seen movies with slow-mo before The Matrix. It would have been different if there was uh, better better shots or camera angles. I'm not sure exactly what terminology to use here, but better shots or camera angles for, for it. And less focus on limbs and extremities in slow-mo and more on like the group or a whole person in slow-mo and not like normal speed rushing up and then slow-mo of a punch coming across the person's face and then contacting the jaw then normal speed again real quick and then slow-mo again for the other hit coming in and then lasting like four or five seconds longer than it needs to and then going back at normal speed again and going was slow-mo back then harder to capture in a large group like that, though? In like, film, I, yes. Because that's what I was... Like, this almost felt like it was a limitation of its time. A little bit. Um, but I also think like they slow it down to show like how much of... Like, out of his mind Will is in that scene. Like, he's having a breakdown, and he's acting out violently. Then going back to what he's programmed to do from his childhood. But you don't learn that until later. So I think the only, my biggest problem with the, with the fighting scene is why did they fight them? Did they give a reason uh, or are they just like, ah, well, there they are again. The one guy was the one that will reference that beat him up when he was in kindergarten. Oh, got it. Okay. And then they kind of harassed a woman walking down the street. That was, I saw that group. part. Yeah. So it was a combination of the two, I feel. Like, they saw him, and then they saw them, like, kind of harass a woman walking down the street, Mm -hmm. and that was just like, that's it, we're going. And 
it was another good scene about like you know the friendship that they had um because it didn't matter why will was jumping out of the car to beat up those group of guys they were all going to yeah going back to the screenplay structure that fight scene is your inciting incident that sets the movie going forward like if he doesn't go to jail the professor doesn't bail him out and he has to go to therapy like if it wasn't for that fight you wouldn't have the rest of the movie uh that's what sets the the rest of the journey on like you might have like he wouldn't he wouldn't go to the restaurant and meet mini driver because right he's in jail yeah so without that happening like you don't get the rest of the movie like that's yeah that's the that's the plot point that starts the the movie going everything else is just that's, before that is just set up yeah and, and and that's fine the fight is fine i feel like it fits great within the character where they grew up the type of community that they're living in it's perfectly fine it's just i really that that was just i, I as soon as Kristen came home um I told her, I was like, oh, I just got done watching the movie. She goes, oh, well, what did you think? I was like, oh, it was okay, but it had the worst fight scene I've ever seen. Like, that was the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind when I told my wife about it. Um, it's just, I, I, I guess, pre-Matrix, mm-hmm. when it comes to slow-mo and fights, I don't really, you don't really see it that much in, in, like, a group fight. It's all at normal speed. I Part of me wonders if the... Let's go to the screenplay. Let's see what it says. <laughs> See, I wonder if it actually does because I've I've seen some like pre Matrix or like I guess pre like high def like slow mo before yeah and it's a little bit like jittery and jumpy and very like fake well no, no it's, okay so it's not even the way it looks because yeah. again it was made in like like ninety seven mm-hmm. well it came out in ninety seven it was probably made in ninety six like I. The whole, you know, non-HD, blurry, a little jerky wouldn't bother me at all. I wouldn't even be sure. talking about that. It was just like the way that the fight was cut and where the slow-mo was added in with normal speed was just like watching a strobe light that wasn't strobing rhythmically. Sure. I mean, and you know. Or had any rhythm to it at all. Like for that's, as much as I'm, I'm giving you yeah. crap about this, like I agree. I mean. I, I understand the important significance of the fight scene. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Like, I'm, um, I'm with you. Yeah. I was... <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, about about their friends, and I know, Devin, you kind of, like, sneered at me a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. like, when I'm talking about, you know, their friends and, like, me liking those scenes, mm-hmm. uh, one of the prime examples is when the guy in the back seat is wanting his sandwich that... Ben Affleck just ordered yeah. and Ben Affleck and the guy in the back seat have that back and forth. And, and, and Affleck throws his sandwich up on the dash and he says, every day you give me six cents. And when it's paid, I'll give you the sandwich. Like that reminds me of the banter between me and my friends in high school when we used to leave for lunch and go to like Wendy's or something and then come back to the school like that those moments reminded me of that and that's why i liked it so much and i kind of connected with with uh ben affleck's character in this more than really anyone else interesting so i i have the scene here it was intended okay. for slow-mo uh oh. so it was or it wasn't it was Sorry. uh so this okay. is this is the scene header fight sequence 40 frames over and it has a, a song title here so for slow motion what you would do is you film at twice the speed and then slow uh, it down. Yeah. 
maybe they, I don't know what, why it looks weird, but compared to like digital slow-mo, like it's a little bit not as smooth. Um, sure. One thing that I like about the fight scene is the song they use. It's Baker street. Uh, so you got the saxophone oh, riffing yeah. in the screenplay yeah. here. They have a different song. I want you two to guess what song do you think they have going over the fight scene? I'm, I'm going to go with a Devin answer and say, I have the tiger. my first reaction was uh shipping up to boston by dropkick murphy this is 19 that's 1997 yeah yeah. Yeah, i know 97 they played gonna fly now was a really good answer uh i don't know you have to come on get just think think of a a random song that would sound weird over a fight sequence (laughs) that would sound weird yes thriller no song from no, the song from Lost Boys. That's his answer. No. The Cheers theme song. No. Um, the song that they have in the screenplay is Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. <laughs> no. They should have kept that. They should have kept that. I probably wouldn't even notice my issue with the slow-mo of I, that song. I need playing. to read this because the scene right after the um, fight is, it goes to Sean, like, well, Robin Williams' character. Uh, there, evidently there's a whole subplot with him and his landlady um, weird yeah so I'll, have to, I'll have, actually have to read this um, <laughs> so before we wrap this up did you guys recognize any names in the credits besides Ben Affleck Matt Damon and Robin Williams um, no I was shocked at how far down Robin Williams's name was and I think that's why I didn't recognize anyone else because I just went where's Robin Where's Robin? He, Where's Robin? He, Where's he going to come up? He's first build. He's first build, but not in the credits. At, at the, the end. at the end, like, in yeah. a order of appearance. That's what the end does. Uh, uh, are he, we talking about the opening crawl where it's Danny Elfman? He, not just no, not Danny Elfman. But there is mm-hmm. there is a there's two names in the opening crawl that I thought you would recognize one of. Hmm. And I can tell you who it is. Who is it? Um. Co-producer, co-executive producers Scott Moser and Kevin Smith. Really? Yes. I, I was wondering that. the. Ent- I missed that, and I was wondering the entire time. I was like, 